0: following is a production of Word Alive Creative Arts.
1: Welcome to the podcast of Word Alive International Outreach in Oxford, Alabama, an apostolic center for transformation and freedom. We pray today that you will be blessed and strengthened by this powerful message.
2: So I want to talk to you about the ecclesia today and what I've been doing all year through 2020 is helping churches just have a paradigm shift on what the word church means. Pastor Kent last week told you about the word ecclesia that it was not a religious word, it was a governmental term. You heard all of that. And it all started, you know, it's so appropriate that we're falling back with daylight savings time. So it's great to go back to how all of this originally started. It's when Jesus asked Peter a very important question in Matthew 16. He said, who do you say that I am? What a great question. That's probably the most important question that you need to answer today. Is who is Jesus to you? Because what you think about him and what you think he thinks about you and what you think about his character is going to determine the level of revelation that you walk in your purpose and destiny. And so you need that same revelation. So he asked Peter, Who do you say that I am? Now, God bless Peter's heart. He did exactly what I did. I'm going to throw out multiple choice and pray one of them's right. Well, some say you're Pastor Dan, some say you're Elijah. You know, but Jesus digs in and he asks Peter, and he finally says, You're the Christ. You're the Son of God. He said, Oh, Peter, you are so right. And flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, but my Father in heaven. And on what? On that revelation. I'll build my church, my ecclesia, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing to me because the word church was only mentioned two times in Scripture. And Jesus never told anybody how to build it and never told us what to do. He just said it's so powerful that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so we've got to have a paradigm shift on what that word church means. You know, all year we've been using this analogy, but it's so appropriate. The Western church believes church is like a refrigerator ship. It's like our job is to go through Calhoun County and and take the verse literally to be fishers of men. And we're going to go out and get all the fish we can in Calhoun County and put them in our boat. And we want to make sure our fish are saved. You know, if you die to not fish, where are you going to go? We want to make sure that they're comfortable We want to make sure we're politically correct. We want to make sure that they're not stinking or get spoiled. And God forbid one of our fish flip out of our boat and end up down the street at another campus. So as long as they're in the four walls of our little boat, one day the big mothership will come down, we'll unload our harvest, and we'll all go to the big aquarium in the sky and celebrate, and we'll have Justin Pate singing while we're unloading all the fish. That's what the Western church views as church. If that's true then why don't we just shift how we do baptisms? If our only goal is to one day die and go to heaven, then why not at baptism we not just hold people down? Just give them a fast pass like Six Flags and send them on to the big aquarium in the sky. Who wants to sign up for baptism next week? If that's our only goal. But it's not. Listen, you've not just been saved from something. You've been saved for something. There is a purpose and a destiny that God has for each person here. How do I know that? I'm glad you asked. Because Isaiah 55, says, you're a word from God. You cannot return void. If you're here today, you have a plan and a purpose. If you're breathing, that means God's saying, you still have something to do here. You cannot return void. You can't even screw it up, even if you try. He's going to get you to where you're supposed to go. Because you're a word from God. But we've got to have a shift to that. We've got to change the way we see ourselves and the way we see church. See, the Bible calls you several things. You know, people call you a lot of things. But the Bible calls you several things. It says your water, your leaven, your salt, and your light. Water never taken out of a bottle doesn't quench one person's thirst. Leaven never taken out of a jar doesn't cause one thing to rise. Salt never taken out of a shaker doesn't preserve one thing. And if your light's never allowed to shine, then darkness continues to grow. It's not a problem that we don't have power and authority. Matthew 16 says, you have all power and all authority. I've given you the keys of the kingdom. We're just not turning our light on. We want to go into a dark room and just stand there for a minute praying in tongues against all the evil. When all we got to do is just turn the light on. Darkness has no power over light. Look at your neighbor and tell them, you've got all power. I don't think they believed you. Say it again. Don't make me channel my inner Darius Williams. If I could just get three people in this church to say amen. Amen. We just need to turn the light on. All power and all authority has been given to you. But that's not the Western church. That's not the Western church as we know it. We don't use that. We don't use all power and authority. Do you know when I first saw this come into play in my own life? I was on a trip to India. It was my first mission trip out of the country without my wife. It was the very first trip when we came on staff here. I was supposed to go with another pastor. He couldn't go. So I ended up getting partnered with a guy from Croatia, who I had no idea who he was. We get to India. They lose my luggage. I'm already a nervous wreck. Now I don't have any luggage. And the people I'm with says, it's going to be at least three or four days before you get your luggage. Not only if you've ever been to India, but as soon as you walk off the plane, boom, you're soaking wet. And so it was not a comfortable experience. I didn't sleep on the flight. I didn't sleep when we were there. So all of this is just a recipe for disaster. Then we get to where we're supposed to go, and the guy that picks us up says, I'm so sorry. Uh, One of our elders, Si Mudim, arranged the trip. He said, I'm so sorry I didn't tell uh, Pastor Si before we came to get you. And I said, What did you not tell him? He said, Well, they're killing pastors here. And I didn't want to tell Pastor Si because I was afraid you guys wouldn't come. And I thought, You're exactly right. I wouldn't have come. He said, Listen, they're not, you know, if you get outside the compound, they could cut your head off. So stay with us. You know, but what happened is a team that we just had, they just beat really badly, burned the church, and then took them to the airport, and they couldn't go back to the hotel or get their luggage or anything. And I said, well, at least God, prays, you know, praise God, at least I don't have my luggage. And so we just start going around to these underground churches preaching, you know, all through the night, which was incredible to me. You know, you always pray for those kind of things until it actually happens. And so we get there, and... We're praying, and this is the first time in my life I'd experienced Matthew 16 for myself. That I have the keys of the kingdom. That all power and authority is with me. You know, I've got to stand on my own now. I don't have a pastor with me that can do the work. I don't have, I've got to do this myself. And so I'm sitting in the service one night, and the pastor from Croatia is preaching. And I'll be honest, he's very long-winded. And so, he's a, he's a teacher, and he's just going in depth. And this is maybe an hour into the service. And I'm—I have—you'd be totally transparent. I'm like God, please just kill me now. Ha, let somebody come in and cut my head off. Like this point, I'm ready to go, but I'm just weathering this storm, you know. And he finishes preaching, and he gets through. And there's uh, in India, there's a lot of people, and so there's a lot of people at this service. And he says, me and Pastor Matt will stay here all night and pray for everyone until the last single person is prayed for. I've never wanted to kill somebody more in my entire life. And so I thought, you've got to be kidding me. And so they make, he's like, just make two lines. If you want me to pray for you, come to this line. If you want Pastor Matt to pray for you, come to this line. And he's been there several times. Well, every person in the room goes to his line. And I'm like, that's what you get. But then my feelings started getting hurt, and my ego started taking a little shot. And I'm like, why do they not want me to pray for them? And so I'm just sitting there, and I'm mad, and I'm cussing, and I'm ready to go, and I mean, I can't, but how could God use a person like this? That's all I could think. I'm like, no wonder nobody wants to pray. I mean, this is horrible. My attitude's terrible. My walk is terrible. Everything's terrible. I'm not even prepared to speak. No wonder I didn't get to speak. Like, it was all this is going through my head. When all of a sudden, this woman comes up, and she says, would you mind praying for my grandson? And I'm like, oh, no, I don't mind. That'd be great. how, How bad could you mess up a kid? And show show this picture, Jennifer. This is her grandson. She's like, would you mind praying for my grandson Neve's feet? And I'm like, if you got to be kidding, God, you want me to pray for this kid? Like, it can't just be like I've got a hurt shoulder or something, you know, because then you can just say, like, raise your shoulder. Oh, yeah, you're healed. Amen. Right? It's nothing like that. She's like, pray for his feet. So I lay my hands on his feet and I prayed. And to be honest, I really didn't expect anything to happen. But I prayed and I prayed everything I could possibly pray, and nothing was happening, so I just kept kept praying more. You know, and then she just finished and I'd heard other people say it. And I'm like, just have faith. God bless you. You know, it could manifest later. And I'm saying all these things. And she leaves. I sat down. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Of all the people in India to pray for, I've got some kids' deformed feet. That she brings up in front of me like it's obvious he was not healed and so I leave and I go about my you know day defeated and we get back to the hotel and we get to another place and we're sitting and it's my turn to preach that night so I'm getting up and I'm getting ready to preach and uh, getting prepared and as I'm doing it people start coming up to the front they're taking the microphone and they're translating Well, this grandmother walks up front and I thought of all the people that showed up at this other place it's got to be this woman She's about to tell everybody in this room, like, don't let this guy pray for you because my deformed son's feet is still not working, you know? And so I, I don't even look up at her. I'm so embarrassed. I just kind of put my head down. I'm studying my notes, and she comes up to the front, and we have a video of it. If you'll show this quick video. Amen. Amen. Thank
0: you, sir. This
3: is a testimony. For I you pray for this time. We'll pray for this my grandson, Need. And I forgot in the morning, but to praise the Lord for his goodness and glory. And wow. Need has got a problem in this uh, left leg, but what he used to do, his four fingers is to move
0: like
3: that. कल पास्टर भी कैसे प्रार्थना के लिए आशीष प्रभु सामर्थ तो लिंपर He's limping, but his four fingers is to move with the foam. No, thrust the finger on the ground. Yeah. So, thank you, Jesus. Please, God,
2: this time. you. Come on, somebody. You have all power and all authority, you have the keys of the kingdom. So, what you couldn't hear her saying was during the night, he started screaming, and she was going in there, and his feet started turning. Then his toes started straightening out. Then all of a sudden he starts running through the house and he's not been able to walk before. And so she's telling us, of course, I'm squalling like a baby and I can't preach now. But at the end of that service, every person with a foot or leg problem lined up in my line. Why don't I tell you that? You start using the keys of the kingdom, people will start seeking you out. You won't have to worry about seeking them out. I had never understood that before. It was me. I got to do that. God used me, and then after that, every person we came in contact with, Holly be talking to him. They're like, "Man, I got a hurt foot. Let me go get Matt." Right? Why? Cause I had the faith that it could work. It's, there was nothing special about me. Do you know what the biggest lie the church has told that we know of is that the person standing here has more power and authority than the person sitting there. And we got to repent for that. But you who sit there gladly give your power and authority away to the person up here every week to meet your every need and feed you just like a baby. And you've got to repent for that. We've all got to have a paradigm shift of how we do church. You've got to understand who you are and start walking in your power and authority. And then we'll see some things change. The other verse is very important to the Ecclesias in Matthew 18 that says this, Where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there in their midst and anything they ask anything they agree on I will do it for them just like my father in heaven says we're two or three you know the whole coronavirus thing hit Governor Ivey said well you can only have 10 or less Jesus says I can beat that where there's two or three I'm right there right there in their midst but that's not how we see it in the western church see in the western church you'll call the office you'll usually get my number for some reason And I'll have to forward it to Dan, who is over pastoral care. So I'll forward your message to Dan, who's over pastoral care. And then you'll say something like this. I'm just so upset. We're thinking of leaving the church. I'll say, well, why are you so upset? Why are you thinking of leaving the church? Well, we went up to RMC. We think we got to Rona. And they sent us to the doctor. And now we're at home. And Dan never came by to see us. Never heard from Pastor Dan. He never come visited us well, let me ask you a question. Where were you when Pastor Dan or Pastor Ken or let's just say the Bible started preaching about Matthew 18? Because you didn't need Pastor Dan to come see you. What you needed is the first time a nurse, a doctor, a family member walked in your room and said, hey, can I borrow your hand for a minute where two or three are gathered. He's right there in our midst. Lay hands on yourself, heal yourself and send a testimony and stop calling me talking about Pastor Dan didn't come to see you. Oh, I know, I, I didn't hear you that one. I know there's some guilty parties. Don't make me call your names out. I got you on voicemail. But it's true. This is my other favorite one. Hey, I'm calling you because I need some help. Our neighbor down the street, could you guys come help? I said, absolutely. They're like, "What, what can you do? I said, hang up the phone, walk down to the street and ask your neighbor, what can I do to help you? And then step two, stop calling the church, asking God to help the people that he put in your path. Because if He put them in your path, it's because you have something to do with them. You can meet their need, even if it's just to come up and say, Can I bless you? God, I just bless you. Let me just hug you. Can I watch your kids? Can I wash your dishes? Can I bring you a meal? You can do something. But it's where two or three are gathered. You're the ecclesia. That's what we've got to have the shift on. You're the ecclesia. It's the same with children's ministries. Think about it. You've all experienced it if you've been in church. People would church hop based off who's got the best children's program. Brian and Ramy are just too prophetic. I just, They're just too prophetic to me. Or this guy's just too feminine. Or this woman's just too strong. Or that curriculum's too Baptist. Whatever it would be. So you'll jerk, jump churches based off of children's programs. This is not from Brian and Ramy, and this is not from Word Alive. This is me personally. But if your kids are misbehaving at home, don't bring them here. Why? I don't want to raise your kids. Not because I don't love them, it's because I don't have power and authority over your family. You do. You have all power and all authority over your family. If you don't believe me, go home today and line them up in the living room and lay hands on them. Now I know you want to lay hands on them, but I ain't talking about like that. Lay hands on them and start blessing them, calling out their purpose and destiny. You're a key, you're gonna be a judge, you're gonna be a doctor, you're gonna be a nurse. Start blessing them and watch what happens to your family. Lay hands on your spouse and just say, I bless you to be exactly who God created you to be. Watch the power in that. Open your doors when you get home. Throw up in the windows and say, God, we invite your manifest presence in this house to be an ecclesia. And give Satan his written notice. Say, Satan, you are no longer welcome in here. Take your hands off my family. Take your hands off my job. Take your hands off my finances. Take your hands off my health. Why? Because I have all power and all authority. You're the ecclesia. Tell your neighbor, you're the ecclesia. Now tell your other neighbor, they're the ecclesia. You're the ecclesia. And you start doing this, you're gonna see what happens. It's incredible. I have personal testimonies across the state of where it's happened. When we first started doing all in Alabama this year, we are going all over and Pastor Kent and Bev, and they're just, it's a, an unreal. I mean, it's like a Holy Ghost party every place we go. Well, then all of a sudden they get sick. And I thought, I love Kent and Bev. Man, I really want to preach one of these services. So maybe if they could just be sick for a couple services. But they were sick sick and couldn't go. And I got the call, and Kent said, Matt, you think you could do it? And I said, I don't know. I mean, you set the bar so high, I'll try my best. But inside, I was like, yes, I can do it. I was born for this. I've been waiting my whole life to preach this message. Yes, I can do it. Then I got scared to death because I was going to have to do it. But I was talking a big game, and he sent me up north, and it was just me and Brian, our media guy, and a worship guy, and Holly Hobson, my wife over here, she's Pastor Kent's assistant. She sets all of our government meetings, and that we were meeting with these government officials all across the state, declaring Psalm 24 that the King of Glory would come in. I mean, it was powerful. So I looked on my calendar, and she had set us one meeting, and I thought, oh, this is going to be great. It's going to be a guy's trip up north to Muscle Shoals. We're going to eat some seafood. We're going to meet this one guy, and then we'll go at the hotel, and it's just, I, in my mind, I'm like, This what could be better than this?
0: And so we head up north, and we get there, and we walk in, and the And, sweat.
2: and I'm like, that's a lot of people. And so I thought, I'm just going to get in here and, you know, don't say anything inappropriate and just try to get out of here. And he grabs my hand and I thought, oh, he can tell I'm nervous. He's going to encourage me. And he said, listen, son, before we go in here, I need you to understand something. And I said, yes, sir. I thought he was going like to say, like, you know, make sure you pray for so-and-so. Or He's like, before you go in here, you need to know I'm Baptist. Now, I don't know what about me does not look Baptist. Because at this point, I hadn't said anything about church. But it certainly did not help my nerves any. Because now all I could think about is, how do I pray Baptist? And so he takes me back in the chambers, and sure enough, it's full of people. And I, and I sit there, and they all share, and then I share the message of Ecclesia with them, which is just two main verses. You have all power and authority, and where two or three are gathered. If you, if you catch those, you're the Ecclesia. Then just start walking in it. So I share this, and I thought, man, I did a good job. And he grabs my hand again, and he says, okay, young man, now's your big chance. You get to pray for us. And all I could think was, I've got to pray something Baptist. And it's been years since I've been in a Baptist church, but I'm just trying to think. And so I just thought, well, I'll just make some mental notes of things not to do. Don't start prophesying. Don't start casting devils out of the commissioners. Don't pray in tongues. Like I'm all these things of not to do maybe won't get me in trouble. And so I thought I'm just gonna pray some vanilla prayer and get out of here and we're gonna go eat lunch. And so I start praying, and I'll be honest, I just started making stuff up. I'm like, God bless this man. him and keep him and just meet his needs God you can do it and as I'm praying this little vanilla prayer all of a sudden my stomach starts rumbling and I'm like oh no and out of nowhere I hop up out of my seat and I say "Woo, Mr. Mayor I got a prophetic word for you and I start prophesying over this mayor, and I'm talking about I'm emptying the well of heaven. Miss Winnie, you'd have been proud. Every prophetic word I could think of, he was getting. I mean, the well was running dry. And uh, all I could think, if you've ever noticed like yourself, when you're in a situation you don't really want to be in, you it's kind of like you're out of your body, but you can see yourself. So I could see myself, and I'm like, man, you are prophesying over this guy like crazy. But in the back of my head, I thought, this is the last county you will ever preach when Kent finds out what you've done. And I thought, well, we're already in it now, so I might as well do it and get out of here. And so the more I prophesy, the more this guy starts crying. And so I just let him have it, and I finish, and I sit down, and I try to get up to, like, I'm going to go ahead and scoot out. (laughs) And he won't let me go. And he says, son, before you get up, I need to pray. And I said, okay. He said... I want to pray in front of everybody here if you don't mind. I said, please, sir. He said, Father, forgive me for denying you to get into public office. He said, and forgive us in this room for denying you to stay in office. He said, But Holy Spirit, I thought you were Baptist. He said, But Holy Spirit, if you'll come in this room like you did today through this young man, He said, we'll meet like this and pray for this county as long as you leave us in service. Now, in my mind, I thought, oh, my God, I have saved the mayor of Florence. (laughs) I've been on a lot of these trips with Pastor Ken. I ain't seen one mayor saved yet. This got to count for something. I couldn't wait to get to the car and tell him. I was so excited. And as I was standing up and all that spiritual ego was oozing out of me of how great I am, I'm just looking around the room, taking it in, like everybody's just so impressed with me. Like they know Kent Maddox raised this spiritual son. You know, I was so excited. All of a sudden, this little black lady gets up and starts walking around the corner. I thought, oh, she wants some of this too. I'm ready. I, 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 told, I was ready. I'm like, I'll drop you right in front of everybody. She comes around the room, and she walks towards me, and she grabs my hand too. And she says, hey, son, I need to talk to you, but I want everyone out of this room before I do. And the first thing I thought of was that's exactly what I get for prophesying over this stupid mayor. I knew it. And uh, you can ask Brown, our media guy. He was with us. She starts clearing the room. She won't even let us like say our goodbyes to people. She's like, okay, you need to go ahead and go back to your office. You need to go do this. She's trying to get people out of here. And the last person starts walking out, and she walks the mayor out. And as soon as the mayor leaves the room, she locks the conference room door. And turns around and she was in the back turns around and starts walking back towards us now listen I've never hit a woman but I'm from Walker County I ain't gonna get whooped by one either and so as she was coming I thought well this is gonna be it right here but she stopped about five feet from me and she closed her eyes and she opened her hands and she said could you give me some of that prophetic stuff you just gave the mayor and we started unlocking things over her. Using the keys of the kingdom that you have. And just unlocking things in her life. And blessing her and loving on her. And she shared. She's, I'm called to so much more. She's the first African American city councilwoman that's ever been in that county. I mean, we're just unlocking things over her. She's crying. I'm crying. We're kissing and hugging and laughing. And she leaves. Listen, I don't tell her to repent. I don't tell her you need to leave your Baptist church. I don't tell her you need to do anything. All we did was use the keys of the kingdom that we have access to and unlock things in her life. And all of a sudden, things started changing. So we leave, and I thought, this is the greatest day of my life. I've saved a mayor. I've prophesied over city council. What could be better? This could be all I do for the rest of my life. What state's next? And then all of a sudden, we get up the next morning, we go to church. And we're at Grace House in Lauderdale County. I'm getting up and I'm getting ready to preach this message. I get to the point where we're sharing testimonies. Well, it was my first church. I only had one testimony. So I start sharing about their mayor, about their city council, all of these different things. And guess who walks in the back door of the church? The city councilwoman. And comes right back down to the front row and gets a whole nother dose of the Holy Ghost again. Now, why do I tell you that story? Well, one, it makes me look really good. But two, you have the same keys in the same authority. If you start doing that yourself, you'll start seeing the same things happen. You'll start seeing little boys' feet grow out. Go down to Dollar General today. Start praying for people. Healing marriages and watch how many marriages start coming around you. Go to Walmart Pharmacy. Just stand in line praying for people as they come to get their prescriptions. Just go down Walmart's aisle, start praying for healings over different people and watch what happens. I joked around in these churches saying, I don't know how many one-legged people you've got in this county, but find one and grow their leg out and every one of the rest of them will be at the church next Sunday with a shoe going, I'm next. Expecting that it's going to happen. And people say it all the time. We want unusual miracles. That's the example of the ecclesia. If it's happening... How long will we preach the Ecclesia message? Until we see those five things start transforming, those five paradigm shifts we've got to have. When we see those, we'll stop preaching it. Number one, it's not just about people being saved. God wants communities saved. He wants cities saved. He wants counties saved. He wants states saved. He wants nations saved. It's much bigger, a much bigger God than we've shrunk down to fit in the four walls of our little box. Number 2, the marketplace has already been redeemed. Luke 19:10 said that Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost, not those. Number 3, your work is your worship. Whatever you do. Colossians 3 says, "Whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord." Your work is your worship. Number 4, what we've just focused on is you use the keys, Jesus builds the church. And that's not this church. It's your sphere of influence. You're the ecclesia. He'll start building that if you will simply just use the keys that he's given you. And the last one is the ending of systemic poverty. Taking care of those less fortunate. Everyone across the state has said, we just want to know the Lord. Well, Jeremiah said there's only one way to know the Lord. Taking care of widows, orphans, those less fortunate. Is that not what it means to know the Lord? It's about doing those things. I had a guy, uh, we were in a Bible study in Tuscaloosa at Rick and Peggy Larimore's house. And we were talking to a guy who had real success with healings. And And he asked me, he's like, have you seen anyone physically healed? And I said, yes. He said, well, if you want more healings, pray for more people that need them. And I thought, well, that's too simple. But isn't it true? I've said it myself. I want to raise the dead. But how many days do I go down to Miller Funeral Home waiting for them to roll somebody up? We're trying to do that ministry in here we're trying to harvest in the barn (laughs) and we've got to change the way we do that the Bible that I read says we've got to go and tell gospel but we build a come-and-see building we've got to shift that we've got to go if you want to see more of those things go to more of those places you want to you want to do more deliverances go to more places where demons hang out I mean there's some here sure But if we want to see that, we've got to get out in the world and do it. Using the keys of the kingdom that he's given us. And so I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you to get off the fence. I had someone in our uh, group, we did a group this past semester or whatever you want to call it. I had someone in our group tell us about a horrible story that happened in his family because of just, uh, if you had to drill down, probably just negligence of loving each other and working together. And all of a sudden they got a paradigm shift and they started realizing, I can be the ecclesia. I've got the keys of the kingdom. I've got all power and authority. Do you know what they do? This person gets up every morning at four o'clock for three years, reads the Bible and prays with his family and have seen an incredible transformation. So this might not be going to India, but you can transform your family today. Or our media guy that I was uh, talking about, I'll brag on him. We're down in a county and two homeless guys come up and one of them says, I'll take a hammer out of my pants and knock you in the head and kill you right here in the middle of the service. And the whole church is just kind of looking at them. And Brian just simply goes over, takes a $10 bill out and says, here, go buy you something, whatever you need. The guy takes the $10 bill and sits down and listens to the rest of the service. Simply meeting the needs of the people God puts in your path. Our amazing security guy right here, John Hendricks, he sums up the ecclesia best. Do good, make people happy. That's the ecclesia. And you can do that today. So the end of the first service this morning, Pastor Dan had somebody do something. I thought it was powerful. And I don't want to recreate it, but I think it's a great way to end the service, to kind of commission you as the ecclesia, to let you get a fresh dose of the Holy Spirit. So you've you've seen the old fire tunnels, you know, where you come through a fire tunnel and everybody just starts laying hands on you. We had a flag tunnel at the end of the first service. And so, if you, are, if you feel like you need to get off the fence, Janet, you can go ahead and have everybody line up. If you feel like you need to get off the fence, I'm gonna ask you to do something. I'm gonna ask you to prophetically move. Why? Because being in the middle, playing it safe on the fence, is a terrible place to be. That's like living paycheck to paycheck in the kingdom. Does anybody like living paycheck to paycheck? Oh, I didn't think so. But that's what being in the middle is. It means I've got just enough Jesus that I can't really enjoy my sin, but I got just enough sin that I can't really enjoy my Jesus. It's what we've done as a church over the years. We have people convinced that this is a good idea, but they've never been converted. We've allowed them to buy into the kingdom without ever selling out. It's what we call we're standing just close enough to the fire to enjoy the benefits but not close enough to the fire to actually jump on us. So if that's you, if you're tired of sitting on the fence, if you're ready to use the keys of the kingdom that Jesus has given you to become the ecclesia, Justin's going to sing a song, and when he does, I just simply want you to come down here and walk through this tunnel. And as you do it, we'll have people on our prayer team over here. If you need some ministry, we're going to pray for you. But it's important. It's important to take a prophetic act. Especially if you feel like God's telling you it's time to move as the ecclesia. will not we go ahead and stand on our feet.
0: You provide the fire.
1: And the Sabbath. You provide the
0: Spirit,
1: and I will open up inside. signs, fill me up God, fill me up God, fill Overflow, permeate all my
0: soul, love of God.
2: Ashley, Ashley, at 1236, I woke up last night and the Lord said that you're graduating for your season of trials, that your season of trials is over and that you're about to walk into a season of blessing where everything you do will succeed. Nothing you can do. I just hear the Lord saying this season of your life is yes and amen. Everything you ask, the answer is yes and amen in Jesus name is there anyone over here that's having back issues that runs down in your leg right there you turn around somebody just lay hands on her if you don't mind Kim just put hands on her right there yeah Father right now we just declare all back issues are gone in Jesus name that every ligament every tendon every nerve is coming to alignment with the word of God that you are healed in Jesus name 2000 years ago but it's going to manifest today you're going to have the best night of sleep in your life says the Lord I feel like I got one more something. I'm trying to figure out how to say it. I think this is for more than one person, but if you have having migraines kind of at the back of your neck, like at the base of your neck, if that's you, just raise your hand. You're just having migraines. Right there. There. Just go ahead and put your own hand on the back of your neck. Father, right now, we command that spirit of witchcraft to be broken in Jesus' name every word curse spoken over them right now has fallen to the ground and now their thoughts are only going to be the thoughts that you're capturing through the mind of Christ, that they are blessed and not cursed. And so, Father, right now, we command every lying symptom to go in Jesus' name. Every fruit, every root, every tentacle of the enemy has to take its hands off in Jesus' name. Amen. you don't mind everybody just lift your hands father we thank you for your manifest presence in this room and with all power and all authority that you've given us we commission your people as the ecclesia to go and transform their spheres of influence in jesus name in jesus name follow through, register for one of those three steps, be blessed and go and set a fire today in Jesus name. Amen.
1: This has been a presentation of Word Alive International Outreach, 122 Allendale Road, Oxford, Alabama. Reach us by phone at 256-831-5280 or at our website wordalive.org.
0: This has been a production of Word Alive Creative Arts.